Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Donkey Donkey Connection, the podcast where Dave and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. Welcome to the second episode of the Doink and Doink Connection. This is the uh, Wednesday Night Wednesday Wars. Night Wars edition. Yes, I was trying to think of the date of last night, and 2020 is still royally screwing with me. Screwing with everybody, man. So it was the January 8th edition of the NXT and All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, so a.k.a. the Wednesday Night Wars. Yes. So as we have done in the past, we are going to start with the uh, NXT episode, and then we're going to uh, move on to the AEW, and then when we're done, we're going to tell you who we thought won this week. Okay. We haven't even talked about who we thought won this week. No, we haven't. So we might have the same answer. We might have different answers. Let's go. One or the other. But here we go. We're going to start with NXT, and it opens with an in-ring Rhea Ripley promo. Yeah, excellent Uh, promo. Basically, her celebration of winning the belt, because last week um, that we didn't uh, cover was actually the uh, the end of year awards, Yep. which we should probably talk about, but we don't have them written down. So we'll just post about it, maybe. Yes. Or we'll talk about it at another point. Anywho. Um... She's interrupted by several female superstars of not just NXT, but as well as that NXT UK. Yes. The first of which is actually... Tony Storm. The one who she defeated to become the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion, Tony Storm. Yes. Uh, after that, she was uh, interrupted by the NXT Women, uh, UK Women's Champion, yep. Kaylee Ray, followed by m- probably my favorite NXT women right no- woman right now, Io Shirai, followed by Bianca Belair, and then Candice LeRae. And it's funny because each one of these female superstars came out with a different gripe. Yeah. Whether it was Tony Storm, you know, talking about how, you know, I did beat you for the belt at one point, so maybe I'll come and take this belt from you. Yeah. And then I'll take the belt from Kaylee Ray. And, and she'll I'll be, be two 22 belts. belts. And then Kaylee Ray comes out and says, hey, don't put your horse before the carriage. Yep. You know, you're not going to beat me anyway. Oh, yeah. Then EO comes out. I think it's a toss-up for me. It's either between EO Shirai or Bianca Belair because all EO did was steal the mic as she's walking by Kaylee Ray. Then she gets in the ring, starts screaming in Japanese, and then she just points at the belt and says, mine. Uh, yeah, she's it, it awesome. Was, it was awesome. And then Belair tops that because oh, yeah. she comes out, gets into the ring, points at EO, says, I'm better than you. Points at Tony Storm, I'm better than you. Looks, looks at Kaylee Ray, what are you even doing here? And then she goes, and I'm going to beat you. And yeah. it's just like the, yeah. the the brass of, oh, yeah. of Bianca Belair was just awesome. And then Larray didn't even get a chance to talk because Rhea Ripley looks right at her and says, let me guess, you want a piece of this too? Yeah. She's like, ah, yeah, I, I kind of do. And, and then, then she turns and swings and hits Belair. Yeah. And then just the faces basically the get all brawl. the heels out of the ring. Yep. Then William Regal sends a referee down, and we get a we get a, a three-on six-woman tag, six tag match, which is really which good. Which was a really, really good match. Yes. And... uh Ripley was the one that scored the pin on that. Yep. With a riptide. Riptide on Belair. Very, very good. Uh, but Belair, this was Belair's night. It was. It was. She she killed it on the mic and she killed it in the ring. Even though she did take the pin, she looked really, really strong in this. Yeah. I Well, all the female stars really well, look yeah. strong in this. I mean, there's no way to make any of them look real weak. No, it's unless such you a put good them division. In a, put them in a stupid, stupid feud or whatever. That's the only real way to make them look and weak. And I'm sorry, but even if they probably put some of these women in a stupid feud, it, it'll still work out because yeah. they're just so ultra talented. They can put on four-star matches with mops. Not, not, just, not just in the ring, but also using the microphone. 
they're all oh, extremely yeah. skilled with the oh, microphone. Yeah. You know, Io Shirai got away from talking in English and just starts spewing in Japanese, and yeah. it works for her. Which, th- we were talking about this uh, on Monday's, or Tuesday's show, rather, about how uh, letting uh, heels of different nationalities speak in their native tongues. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, even the faces, like when Rey Mysterio cuts a promo in Spanish, yeah, it works. But, but it works so much for him because he was actually impassioned with that promo. Yes. It was a passionate promo, yes. and he had a lot to say. But when he starts getting interviewed by Chuck, goes he right goes to right English. to English. Yeah. Because he knows he's actually being interviewed and speaking to someone in English. Yes. He's not a heel where he'll continue speaking in another language, and that means the person interviewing him can't understand them. Yeah. He'll actually do the common courtesy and speak in English. Yeah, where you get someone like Andrade who still speaks in Spanish. Exactly, you or you have Asuka like or Io that'll speak in Japanese. Correct. Kairi Sane, same thing. Yeah. The very uh, little Shinsuke Nakamura. Exactly. Yeah. Where his mouthpiece is now Sami Zayn. Uh, yeah, Sami Zayn. Yeah, so it, and it all works even to a well. point Cesaro as well. Yeah, he doesn't do much talking. No. Though. That's the thing. Is that's where Sami kind of comes in. Now, my thing is, is coming out of this match... There are so many different storylines you can build off of just these six women who are in this match. And it's unfair because you still have Mia Yim, who's still very good. Yeah. Um, but the thing is... is off You have the... Shayna, who, who gets a rematch. Exactly. Well, remember, there's no such thing as a technical rematch anymore in WWE. Yeah, right? true. Even though they've technically done it with every ch- championship. Yeah. I almost feel like they're not going to give Shayna the rematch. I almost feel like they're going to move to something else. I feel like Shayna could find her way up at the Rumble and... And After the rumble, yeah, that's where she may yeah. get her her two cents into the quote unquote main roster big shows. Yeah. Now my thing is, out of these five women who are in this match who are not the NXT Women's Champion, who do you want to have the next shot of the belt, and who will have the shot at the next? So technically, the person who's going to have the next shot at the belt is Tony because she's actually facing Rhea for the belt at. Uh, worlds collide. Oh, okay. So right. that's actually happening. Who I want it to be, I want it to be Io. Okay, because Io need Io doesn't need that belt, but it would look so good on her. She could get another Oscar run. See, I want it to be Belair. Yeah, I want Bel. Like I just like that back and forth of these two. Both the both- sassy heel. Correct. It, they're both powerhouses. Oh like, yeah, Belair is pound for pound probably the strongest woman in yes. any. Any realm dir- any roster of any roster in, in all any of wrestling, wrestling in yeah. all of wrestling. Yeah. Okay, I mean, you look at some of the stuff they did during the invasion angle, where she was just picking up people, uh, yeah, people and just throwing them over, yeah. you know, traveling cases and stuff. Yeah, she is super powerful, and I would love to see these two women in the dynamic because Ripley's not going to drop the belt to Bel Air. No, she's not. If no. she's going to drop the belt to anybody, it will be Io. Oh yeah, or a turning Larray if Larray turns, or it could be. Dakota Kai. Oh, we haven't even talked about Dakota Kai because she wasn't even on this episode. No, Dakota Kai wasn't on the show. Tegan Knox still isn't back. Yeah. So, so there's a lot. This, uh, the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai is going to end up. That's going to happen together. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. I just want. I think Belair would be a really good match because I think they could put on a really good match. Oh yeah. And I think Belair wasn't given a true chance in the War Games match. No, so. she was never given. She, I don't think she's ever gotten like a legit real. Uh, championship match. He had one against Shayna. Yeah, well, she got choked out. Exactly. Yeah. But put her up against someone who can bring out a really, really good match out of her. Mm-hmm. Because Shayna's thing is, I beat you up, I choke you out, you're done. Yeah. Rhea actually will, it'll put a back and forth match together. Yeah, they will. So, um, following this, we had the Champa promo. Yes, that oh. was so good. Did everybody get talking lessons 
like I, over I, the holiday I don't weekend. know because everybody was everyone's speaking so, so good right now. Well, it was just oh, like he was he was talking like right from the hot. And I mean, WWE is excellent at cutting those video packages. Oh yeah, you know, highlighting when he won the belt, highlighting his title defenses, then highlighting him actually handing the belt over to Triple H. Yeah, when he had to relinquish the yeah. belt, highlighting his surgery, and. You Highlight. Could, uh, I'm pretty sure highlighted. Did they include the part where he came back after Johnny won the belt? Uh, was that in this promo? No, or I no? didn't see no? it. I didn't see it in that video package. But all, you, all <laughs> that you might have know, been something else I was watching. All you know is that, like he says, that was his life, and he wants it back. Yeah, that's all he wants. He wants goalie back. He that's, has, that's his main goal some, right now. Somebody has what's his, and they didn't deserve it because no. they didn't take it from him. He gave it up. Yeah, and he is so impassioned. And you could play this out for the thing about NXT is they only really have four pay per views a year. Yeah. So you can only really drag this out for two pay per views, and it has to be from Rumble to Mania. Yeah. It can't be any longer than that. No. It has to happen in that in that three month span, right? Yeah. There. It's gonna be perfect. It's, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Um, up next starts the Dusty Road Classic. Now we have the bracket pulled up here. Um, one thing we're gonna kind of spoil because it was announced later on in the show, um, but we're gonna talk about the Dusty Roads Classic. Um, Brackets. bracket right now. So we have the NXT UK side, or we have well, it's not technically, but it's NXT UK versus uh, NXT NXT. Yeah. So uh, on the left side, uh, we're gonna start with a match that actually happened tonight: Imperium versus the Forgotten Sons. Yep. Uh, up next, we have Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, uh, the uh, Broserweights. Broserweights uh, against Ma- uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, the South Coast subculture. We have Gallus versus uh, Undisputed Era, Champions versus Champions. And then we have Grizzled Young Veterans against Kushida and a mystery partner who it turns out to be Alex Shelley reuniting the Time Splitters. Yeah. Um, my big thing is, is as I've looked over this bracket, I kind of feel bad for the, uh, for the UK side because I don't see them getting much representation outside of the first round. I we think- know what happens already in two of the matches, but yeah. you're looking at Riddle and Dunn. They're gonna put them over. Oh yeah, the other two. They're guys. gonna go over uh, South Coast Subculture. Yeah, and then Kushida and and uh, Alex Shelley because they're just bringing Shelley in. Yeah, that means it's gonna have, have to, to get one win. Yeah, they can't be so, defeated by GYV. So essentially, what you have here is you're gonna have Imperium be the only UK team who gets any representation outside of the first round, and, and they're I, the and they're, they're gonna the be the wrong, ones. They're the wrong team to have representation because they're the wrong team to have won that match. Yeah. The Forgotten Sons are your true, your your only true tag team that you have in NXT right now. Outside of UE, and UE is a faction. Yeah. Okay. Forgotten Sons are a tag team with a manager in Jackson Riker who really doesn't get in the ring very often. No. Okay. So, as you're trying to build probably your weakest division in NXT, your yeah. men's division is very good, your mid card division is very good, your women's division is very good, but your tag team division. From top to bottom. The tag team division has kind of fallen ever since some of the big names went up. Yes. Specifically Street Profits. Street Profits, the Viking Raiders, who at uh, the time were the Wall Heavy machinery. Raiders, heavy machinery. You've never replaced any of these guys. No. So what happens is a team like the Forgotten Sons, who is a legitimate tag team, they're knocked out. But you're going to have Pete Dunne win his match with Matt Riddle. Yeah. And you're going to have Kushida win his match. And they're just thrown together tag teams. It... it, it it well, doesn't make sense to the, me. The Time Splitters technically isn't a thrown together tag uh, tag team, but it's the first match that Alex Shelley is having on NXT TV. Correct. So if they kind of reunited them like a month ago and then put them in, yes. But like just announcing it halfway through the show, 
and then putting Pete Dunne in another thrown together tag team like they did last year yeah. when they had him team with uh, uh, what's his face Strong. Yes. Which Strong turned on him. Yeah. Who's to say that Riddle doesn't turn on him or Pete Dunne turns heel again? I don't know. Who I, knows? It just it, it irritated me because I've been uh, you know me I'm a <laughs> Forgotten Sons. Oh yeah, fan. I 100%. love the Forgotten Sons, and it just sucks that they basically got the Java intro. They had no intro coming no. to this match. They were already in the ring, and their music was playing. Yeah. Then Aperium's music hit, and this essentially was a squash match. Oh yeah. The Forgotten Sons got very little offense in, and Imperium just took them apart. Yeah. That was it, and it just it it doesn't seem like it's the right move for a team like the Forgotten Sons, unless. They're moving them on from NXT. If their plan is to move yeah. them on from NXT, then this, this is, makes sense. Yeah. But if their plan is to just have them, die, they, when was the last time they won a match? Think I don't about remember. It. it was probably against Jobbers. Probably some squash match or something. Exactly. That was the last time they had any kind of win. And yeah. I mean, you thought there was this big thing happening with them going into um, the fatal four way tag match going into twenty five, where they were attacking everybody yeah. and they were coming out strong. They thought, everyone thought that they were going to be the ones that won the belt. Nope, Nothing. Street Profits. Street Profits ended up winning. And then they ended up just falling down the wayside and just continuing to fall. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's a bad use of the Forgotten Sons, a good heel tag team. Yeah. Uh, after that, Matt Riddle obviously had the promo um, talking about the Bro Stallions. How they got together, the Bro Stallions. It's, uh, the, uh, not Bro not bro Stallions. No, the uh, bro, uh, Broserweights. Broserweights, yes. Pete Dunn said, uh, and I said. The Bruiserweight and the Bro. And it makes the oh, bros right. So good. Such a good promo. Again, talking lessons. Something oh, yeah. happened over the holiday weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, after that, Austin Theory made his debut from, uh, I'm pretty sure he was part of, uh, what is that promo? Evolve. Yes. I'm pretty sure it was part of Evolve. Uh, he made his de- debut against Joaquin Wild. Yep. It was, a, it was a exactly what you'd expect for a debut match. It was a debut match. You need to get these guys on TV because you can't see keep seeing the same seven faces because that was our complaint about... Raw and SmackDown, it's majority always, of 2019. Yeah, it was it's always all the, the same, same guys. Faces. All of a sudden, you're going to get someone like him. Yeah, the match could have been a lo- done a little bit differently, maybe been a little bit cleaner, but it is what it is when it comes to what you're getting here with yeah. him doing a debut match. And Joaquin Wilde was in the breakout tournament, so we haven't yeah. seen him since the breakout tournament. Yeah. So I don't remember him being in the, uh, in the breakout tournament. I think he was eliminated in the first, maybe the second round. Yeah. I don't have the results in front of me. So. Yeah, me neither. Um, after that, we had another uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic match. Yep. Um, the UE uh, against Gallus. Champion versus champion. Yes. So um, after that, uh, no, actually during that, uh, UE won with a high-low. Yeah. But Gallus still looks strong in this. No, Gallus looks strong because you had the interference from the rest of the Undisputed Era. You had Strong jump on the apron, distracted... Um, I forget who was in the ring at that time. But distracted, I feel like it was Wolfgang. It may have been Wolfgang. Distracted Wolfgang. Wolfgang gets turned around. Ends up in the ropes, gets a kick from Adam Cole. Then all of a sudden you get the high-low and the match yeah. is over. Um, Again, the match had some weird pacing. I feel like Wolfgang's more of the powerhouse and he was playing more of the weaker person in this yeah. match. It's just weird, very weird how the match was going. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yui, I'm, I'm not surprised that Yui won. I'm not surprised either, but see, I, looking at the brackets, right? It shouldn't have been champion versus champion in the first round. I had no problem with it being champion versus champion in the first round, but... <coughs> But I would have actually, I would have, I would have saved that match for next week. I would have done the bro, the broserweights match this week and Again, had them South on Coast, the Coast, yeah, right? correct, and have them on the opposite side. Had Forgotten Sons win their match, have UE win their match, and then have Forgotten Sons beat UE. 
yeah. and actually put them as a true contender. Because had they won that match, that would make them number one contender. Makes them number one contender, and then you get a you get a real. You're able to then set up UE's face turn. Everybody's been asking for a UE face turn. Nobody realizes it, but everybody's cheering for him. Yeah. Everybody's doing their baby when they hit the boom, boom. The, the, everybody's doing it. Yeah, and yes, they're better talkers as heels, but because they can be that cocky asshole heel. Exactly. So you set it up where the Forgotten Sons score a win using. UE tactics where Riker gets involved yeah. and causes the match to end a certain yeah. way. Now all of a sudden you've got Forgotten Sons in the finals versus whoever you want to put them against. You want to put them against, um, you want to put them against Kushida. Go ahead. You want to put them against Riddle. Go ahead. You want to put them against, um, South Coast Subculture. Go ahead. You can put them against anybody. They would be the true big dogs of the division at that point. Yeah. It, it, there'd be no question about it. Yeah. And that's how you build your tag team division. It doesn't necessarily mean Raw's doing it right now. Raw has a a really they they're really knocked down to three teams, but within those three teams, you've got a lot of shuffling going on. You have the OC beating the Viking Raiders, then you have Street Profits beating OC, then you had a three way match in which the Raiders the, won. The Raiders won by putting a finisher on both of the other teams. Yeah, you have a lot of shuffling going on, but the OC beat the Viking Raiders twice and didn't go for the didn't get the belts. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? You could have in a tournament style like this, you could have the 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 Forgotten Sons win a match over the champions, win a match over Gallus. Who cares? Yeah. Let them win a match over Imperium, who everybody thinks is this big powerhouse in the UK division. Then have them win another match over a champion team. The bracketing was all weird. It was all done wrong. They yeah. should have had the champions on the other side. So this way, Imperium, if they advance, then they face the champions in the second round. That's the way you would have done it. You want your yeah. big. You want your more dominant tag teams facing each other earlier versus just waiting until the final. Yeah. Cuz then then that makes an interesting random you couldn't pick it out of the out of a hat uh ch- final match. Yes. Because it would be something random, but considering you have one powerhouse on one side, one powerhouse on the other, you know what you're going to get at the yeah. end. And we know exactly what we're going to get here. We're going to get UE versus Imperium. I and I I mean it's going to be a good match. It oh, just, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't fit. Which I think it's going to finish at Worlds Collide. Yeah. It's, so. It just doesn't fit to me. It really doesn't. It it would have fit better had, again, you moved the brackets around a little bit and maybe found one other tag team that wasn't just thrown together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? It is what it is. Yes. Uh, up next, we had a Gargano and Prince Devitt uh, promo back and forth. Yes. Um, Essentially... It was Johnny coming out. He says he hasn't been there for like four weeks, but he's back. He's he coming for Balor. And Balor essentially comes out and says, I'll give you that match if you make it. If you make it there. Yeah. Which it's it's so good. It is. It is. It's so great how... Um, he can come back out of the blue, turn heel like that, and everyone takes to it. Yeah. And, and it's great too because... So I, I saw a very interesting theory online about... Um, this is going on a little bit of a tangent, but about the fiend. Yeah. What happens is when you face the fiend, you change. You change back <laughs> into your original form. So, so Bala lost, yeah, and became Prince again. Yeah. Okay. Then you had um, Rollins lose, yeah, and he became heel Rollins again. Yeah. Miz, Daniel Bryan loses, Bryan, and he went he back to back American to Dragon. American Dragon. The Miz is now back to the arrogant, pompous person, especially if you watch WWE backstage this week with some of the things that he was saying on backstage. Yeah. 
And considering the fact that who was one of the first people he tagged with? Who's that? John Morrison. Yes. And John Morrison's back. And John Morrison's back in his locker room. Yeah. So and there and kind of a spoiler for something that's happening uh tomorrow night. Um uh Morrison's gonna be on Miss T V. Yeah, see. So that's gonna set up them joining forces again. Correct. And, and they're gonna go against the New Day. And that's the thing about and that's the thing about um the whole fiend thing getting back to Bala is he made he he brought Bala back to his heel yeah. like the glove says heel persona yeah. he used his um hurt glove on the faces and he uses his heel on the heels yeah so it, it's very interesting how how that dynamic has worked out and that's just great writing whether it's whether it's completely out of the blue and it's not actually what blue, happened or if it was or something if, they planned on exactly. doing exactly and there's only one person smart enough to plan that far it's out Paul Heyman. it's Paul Heyman and we'll yeah. continue and to shout him out oh yeah we I feel like we're going to have a Paul Heyman is amazing reference in every single episode of this show. He should. He is. He, I mean, look what he did uh look what he did in Philadelphia, man. Oh yeah. Um up next, we had obviously as we mentioned earlier, Kushida names his tag team partner as Alex Shelley, reuniting the Time Splitters, uh which was a former tag team in uh uh New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um after that, we had a really quick match, but a really good match between Mia Yim and Caden Carter. Again, more female talent on this yeah. roster. Carter still looked really good. Um yeah. Even in the defeat, yep. and Yim looked very strong yeah, in this and, match. And the thing is, is Yim is able to. And I, I think the reason why they pair her up with people the way that she does, she does is she does a very good job. Yeah. Of keeping people looking strong, she keeps the pace going a certain way. She's able to take bumps the way she's able to take bumps. She's able to deliver clean hits. She's very good at what she does, and that oh, is yeah. why they use her the way they do. Oh yeah. And the final match of NXT this what week, Keith Lee, the match of the night. Just go out and watch this match. Keith Lee is the new number one contender for the North American title after defeating uh, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, and Dominic Dijakovic. There is a spot in this match, and the best way for me to describe it is that Keith Lee catches Damian Priest in midair, uses him as a swinging bat, knocks Cameron Grimes down, Knocks Dijakovic down, then picks Priest back up and power slams him on Dijak. Mm-hmm. Damian Priest is a big man. Oh yeah, and Keith Lee catches him like he was me. Yeah, I weigh a hundred and forty pounds. He caught him on midair like like I, it was nothing, yeah. and then he used him as a battering ram. And as good as Keith Lee looked coming out of this match, Cameron, Cameron Grimes, Grimes looked, looked the best. so much better because so much better. As as David put down here in our notes, Cameron Grimes held his own. And a ring of giants, because there was nobody else in that ring shorter than like six foot four. Or, I know Keith Lee might be a little bit shorter, but Keith Lee's massive. Doesn't matter. Keith- and then you have Dijakovic and Priest that are both huge guys. Yeah. And you have Cameron Grimes, this little five foot ten cruiserweight, holding his own and performing like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And I think the best part is the little thing at the end where <coughs> Lee puts on Grimes' hat. Yeah. And that's did, gonna and then he did the yep the basking in glory thing. Glory. That may lead, that may lead to a Lee Grimes. Once Lee wins that belt, you think he's gonna take the belt? He will take that belt. I mean, McMahon loves him. Oh yeah, McMahon's so much in love with him. It's not oh, even yeah. funny after Survivor Series. Oh yeah, he's like the number one pushed guy right now. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, without a doubt, he is the most pushed guy in. In the locker room right now. Man, in all of the locker rooms man, right now. that's going to be interesting. That would be interesting if he takes the belt. Because then Imagine what's this. that do to UE? Imagine this. Lee wins the belt from Strong at Worlds Collide. Okay. Imperium 
takes the belts off of Redragon at Worlds Collide. Okay. And then... Um, Champa? No. Cole's the only one left standing. Okay. Does Cole start saying, what happened to you guys? What's this? And then they turn on him and Cole um, either is the only heel left or turns face. Oh, man. And he, ha- and he has nobody left to defend him, and that's how he loses the belt. I mean, that'd be a great way to do it. That'd be a great way to do it. Cole finally has to do it on his own, and he's not able to do it because he had he's never done it on and his own. And he loses it to Balor. You think he ah? Lo- uh, he's got to lose it to Champa. You got to pay it off. Balor's gonna stay in NXT for a little while. But if say Cole turns face in that situation with uh, Strong, Champa's better as a heel. You think Champa's gonna be a heel? Champa's better as a heel, man. But everyone loves him right now, and I, I think everyone loves him a lot more than they love Cole. Okay. All right. We'll I mean, see. I mean, the bell has to come off Cole at some point. Oh, without it a doubt. It has to. I but mean, I think it's going to happen after a UE fall apart. See, But I don't even think UE should break apart. See, the I don't like to hark back on things that can't <laughs> happen now. But the Forgotten Sons was the way to really build this up. Yeah. Because, all right, I love Imperium. But they're in UK. Oh, yeah. They're not on NXT often enough to really make any kind of waves. No. So they're not going to give them the belts. But you could plant the seeds of dissension had UE lost to a team that's more localized. Had they lost to the Forgotten Sons in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, yeah, okay, you still have your belts. But, I mean, all Cole has to say is, Jesus Christ, you guys lost to Forgotten Sons. How yeah. you, you, oh, you lost to Keith Lee. You lost your belt to Keith Lee, and you guys lost to the Forgotten Sons. What, am I supposed to be the pillar of this thing? Am I uh, supposed to be the shoulders that everyone sits everyone's on? Everyone's supposed to sit on me. I'm supposed to carry the weight of this entire team? Like, th- that's almost how you start to slowly build dissension. Yeah. Not have them lose to some big powerhouse from the UK division in some, in some Survivor Series and I don't want to make this sound negative, but it's a knockoff pay-per-view of Survivor Series. Yeah. Okay? Worlds Collide, yeah. All right. NXT won Survivor Series. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens at this Worlds Collide because they're not going to change too many championships here. They're going to... I know I know what Imperium is supposed to face Yui. Is that what's supposed I to happen? I think that's what's happening. Okay. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to change. I think it's going to be Gallus versus Yui. I think they're going to put champion versus champion. They're going to put this champion versus that champion. They're going to put a couple belts on the line and that's it. And yeah. I, I just... The Forgotten Sons was the way to build Ascension because the Forgotten Sons are heels everybody hates. And if you want to try to build Redragon as more of a face dynamic, you let them lose the heels. You don't let them beat everybody up. You know, that's actually a good point there because you're saying it's going to be champions versus champions. Gallus, I think Joe Coffey right now, is the one is the number one contender for the belt against Walter yeah, at Blackpool 2. At Blackpool 2. So does, does Coffey win that belt? Yeah, maybe. I mean... Why not? Or does Gallus lose their belts? I mean, you got to remember, Gallus just took a fall here. They just took another loss. Yeah. So do they lose their belts at Blackpool too? I don't know. Possibly. I mean, we can talk more about it. I don't even know if they have a defense. We'll talk about it more when we're reviewing um, SmackDown and previewing Blackpool 2 on Friday. Yep. Oh, Saturday. Saturday. Whatever. Um, So that is our finished recap of NXT. We're going to move on to All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Oh, yes. Now, 
I'm gonna spoil it right now. I think AEW won this week. Okay. Because of that last segment alone. Okay. I'm on the other side. You you think NXT won yeah, this week? Yeah, NXT won this week. Okay. NXT won this week. There's there's three things that really gave this this week to me. Okay. All right. Let's and it's actually it the last three things that happened. Okay. Um so start off with Omega and Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, defeating Diamond no, Dallas Page, no nope. Hangman Page, Hangman Page. My bad. DDP comes on later. Yes. Um, defeated Private Party in a good back and forth athletic match. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned this while we were watching the recap today. AEW does a lot of flippy stuff. Yeah, man. It it, it takes me out of the matches sometimes. It really does. It's flippy here. I understand over it. the top rope there. It it. I understand it, it when you have like Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks because that's like the kind of matches they have. But, like, if you put an Omega and Hangman Page who aren't flippy guys against a flippy team and you force them to do flippy stuff, it kind of... Yeah, but Omega wasn't forced to do any flippy stuff, dude. All the flippy stuff happened to Omega. And it was all Private Party doing the flippy stuff because that's all Private Party does is they (laughs) flip over the top ropes and they flip off the ropes and they flip off each other and then they flip off each other onto somebody, back off each other onto somebody else. It's just... it's, It's entertainment. Don't get me wrong. The problem is, is it's just like... Considering you have your entire two-hour show based around it? Yeah, that's the problem. Is every tag team... I, I promise you, go back and watch any episode of AEW. Every tag team does... In every tag team match, there is at least two Suicinas or two over-the-top rope flips or two something. Two Canadian Destroyers. Two Canadian... Well, no, Canadian Destroyers are fine. That That's an actual move coming from the top rope. I'm talking about there's a pile of bodies on the outside and, you know, a tag team goes and they... They go and wipe out the entire competition by jumping into into the sea of people. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? It's things like that. Now, my favorite part of actually the beginning of this episode was the Pac stuff in the back. Yeah. Where he goes and he attacks. Um, I can't remember who he's attacking, but he's attacking one of Omega's buddies. And Hangman's like, oh, yeah, go, go, go. I'll be right behind you. Then he goes into the crowd and just starts drinking beers with everybody. Yeah, like what? Are the, Hangman Page is awesome. I love him. Yeah. I love him so much. Um, up next, um, Rio defeats Chris Statlander uh, in an eh match. This was supposed to be. This was for the championship. You know yeah. that, right? Yeah, this, I know. This no, I know. You, this is what you did for your women's championship. Yeah, no, I constant know. run-ins, no DQ. The referee's got his head up his ass, and what a roll-up finish! Oh yeah. wow, is that how all your champions win? Come on. I mean, you do have Chris Statlander, who is a larger, like taller, more built muscular woman, yes. built woman. And you have Rio, who is five foot nothing, 100 pounds soaking wet. I don't yeah. hate a roll up for this yeah, because that's w- how she has to win. But the thing is, the roll up didn't even happen from her doing the roll up. Statler had her up, and then um, Kong trips her from the outside. Yeah. I'm sorry. Next, skip. I mean, this was awful. Yeah. This was awful. Yeah, okay, you have the running outside from everybody who's in the crowd. You know, you had uh, Sheeta comes in and makes the save and stuff like that because all the heels get in the ring or whatever. Skip. I mean, that's what you're doing in your women's division. I, yeah. I, I could fast forward that. I really... Yeah. I just feel bad for Statlander because she's such a great talent. She was, she's been amazing in all... Uh, not all elite. In uh, Beyond Wrestling mm-hmm. and GCW, all these local uh, independent... Uh, promotions. She's been amazing, and she just got a real big send off at the last uh, show. Mm-hmm. And this is how she gets her first major match, first singles match. I don't know, man. I don't know. Again, skip. All right. Up next, Sorry. we had the Spanish God Sammy Guevara <laughs> defeating uh, Christopher Daniels in a uh, 
in a pretty good match. No, it was a good match. Um, and then it ended. It got kinda sloppy. Weird again. Yeah, sloppy again. Um, you know, I'm kind of agreeing with you now. Looking um, back, I, at, listen. Looking I, back at these matches, don't let the bad guy here try to turn your no. Turn it's, your views. It's, it's it. The the first hour of this show was super sloppy. Yeah, super sloppy. I mean, you yeah. had a you had a, a good entertaining match to open it up with way too much flippy doodahs. Yeah. Then you had a story that was built off of that afterwards, where Omega's going on the back because Pac wants a fight, and then two eh matches, and then the dark Rose, order. And then the Dark Order comes out and it's eh. You know, Daniels is going to turn and he's going to join the Dark Order because they they've been building this whole heel persona because he even cut a heel promo at the beginning of this match. Yeah, and then they also had the Bucks run out with SCU who are supposed to be feuding. They're supposed to be. Fighting for the tag team championships now, all of a sudden, SCU and the Bucks are like best friends. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, the enemy of my enemy, like you said, is my friend. But come on, the Dark Order is no—they're not doing anything in the tag. The Dark division. Order. They I've, lost. I've been following. F- I've been following something by a podcast that I've listened to called "The Hardest Part of the Ring," or it's a—it's an Instagram page that they've come out with a uh, a uh, a podcast, mm-hmm. and they've been doing the most random gimmick. Uh, like championship, like that's a bracket of the most random gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And the finals is Brandy Rhodes versus the Dark Order for the the worst gimmick. I mean, the Dark <laughs> Order is no threat to anybody in the tag no. team division right now. They are a joke because they had the first round by in the tag team tournament and they lost. Yeah, yeah, they were supposed to be this big bad team and they lost to what was it? Private Party? Yes, ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Anyway, um, up next we had the Brotherhood defeating the Lucha Brothers. This was a good match. This was a good match. This was a good match. This was a really good match. And then it ended with a Tony Schiavone interview against Cody, where Arn Anderson butts in and just says, "And, says, uh, and we'll talk about this next." We're week. not talking about this. No, no, we're done. We're not talking about this. And they go to the back. And the best part about this match, an actual clean finish. Yeah. Dustin Rhodes hit his finisher. Yeah. On I think it was Phoenix. On Phoenix, and got the one, two, three. Yeah. And the look on Rhodes' face was pure elation. Like, yes, yes, I got a pinfall. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. He can retire happy now. Yes, he can. He doesn't need to have his face half painted red. Nope. Um, after that, we had an MJP and DDP segment. MJF and DDP. That's oh, what it was. MJF. so good. MJF yeah. is so good. Has the has the announce a kiss in his ring. Yeah. I, I mean, he comes out. And he was walking around, breaking people's signs, signs flipping people flipping off, off. Oh, spitting in people's faces. Oh, it was awesome, man. And then just to have DDP come out, who's supposed to be like Cody's mentor. Yeah. And then at the end, Cody's not part of the running, which was really odd. Yeah. Well, the fact that he hit everybody with, the, with cutters, too. Yeah, he hit everybody with cutters, and then he got hit with a low blow. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's perfect heel tactics, but it's still odd to me. I don't know. I don't know. You 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 had um who was it that came out? MJF paid to come out was uh um, Wardlow. Was it Wardlow? It was two males and a female. Why can't I think of the name? Of uh, that? Butcher Bunny and the Blade. Thank you. A uh, Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny. Yes. So yeah. he, th- they so Butcher and Blade and it's uh, Alley. Yeah. So they came out and talk about just jobbing out those three. They just got jobbed out. The yeah. DDP, a guy who's been retired and is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, just cutting everybody. Yeah, who's, just, whose main business venture right now is, is DDPY. DDP Yoga. That stuff's amazing. I haven't tried it yet. It's it's unbelievable. I probably should. Listen, if Jake the Snake Roberts is able to have his comeback because of DDP Yoga, you know the stuff works. Yeah. I mean, just look at some of the testimonials. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Up next, Jurassic Express gets their first trios W. I know. In a match against the best friends and freshly squeezed Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. With a roll-up. Yeah, a roll-up finish, which... Was it, wasn't it? it Jungle Boy that got the roll-up on... Uh, was it Trent? Yes. Man, everybody likes I, I wrote. I wrote in my notes, roll-up victory, sad face. You forgot the tear. The tear. Because roll-up victories are... Cheap. Cheap, and they're way too often being used in all elite wrestling. Well, they're being too used in all... Of wrestling. Yeah. Minus NJPW. Yeah. Because because New Japan is just so good. It is. Like they build they well, the thing is this storylines are meant to build for a year yeah. or two years. Or speaking three years. of, did you see any results from uh New Japan's I, I, well, Wrestle Kingdom fourteen? So the only thing I know is that both uh Moxley and Jericho Jericho won, won their matches. We have a double champion in uh New Japan. Oh really? Well Tetsuya Naito now holds both the World Championship and the Intercontinental Championship wow. after defeating Kazuchika Okada in the main event of Night 2 of Wrestle Kingdom 14. <sighs> wow. Now, this is That's the same huge. Tetsuya Naito that three years ago was just chucking the Intercontinental Championship around that when uh, uh, Takahashi, I think, I think it was Takahashi that won that belt, uh, Hiromo Takahashi won that belt. They had to replace it because it was missing diamonds. It was dented. It was cracked. It was missing pieces. They wow. had to replace the Intercontinental title. Wow. Because Naito's heel character didn't, didn't care, care about the belt. Yeah. He did not care about having that belt. Man. Is this the, is this the same character, too, that uh, AEW... Oh, no, it wasn't AEW. It was uh, TNA had used like as cannon fodder. In Gobernables, the guy that hold, holds his eye open i think that the was, leader of ellen gobernables i think so wasn't it him i possibly i'm well, not they, sure they, they, that's why um new japan and um tna now known as impact yeah. can't have any kind of relationship because yeah. of the way they treated a couple of their stars yeah and that's why AEW looks like they're kind of sliding into sliding that, position, into that yeah. position anyway the final uh segment which was really good it was good i'm not gonna deny it it was awesome first first i mean you're having the celebratory thing in spanish god is having Spani- his tinder on yeah tinder on his uh you know on the flashcards that they're yeah. reading off and they're giving moxley a uh a, a, a ford, ford gt Must- uh, yeah ford mustang or no, ford gt or whatever yeah, it was yeah, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar car and popping the bubbly and they're all celebrating and moxley comes down and says he's part of the inner circle and they're all dancing around and he in opens the ring. he unzips his shirt and he's wearing an inner circle and he's like no Actually, I don't want your stupid car. I don't want your stupid money. I, I don't just, want to be part of your stupid group. I just want that. I just want that. And he points at the belt and then smacks a can of champ a uh, bottle of champagne off his head. Yep. And then hits hit- him with a paradigm shift. Yep. And then Beelines Hager the and Guevara both rush out of the ring. Now, Hager stayed in the ring, but I don't know if you saw this. But when um Moxley went to go pick up another bottle to hit Hager with the bottom of it broke out because it's the breakaway glass. Yep. He picked it up and the bottom of it fell out. Oh, man. So he couldn't use it. Botch 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> it happens. We've talked about some botches off screen. Man. So, re talking about this, I think I agree with you. Okay. That us heel- All Elite was not good. Uh, us heel- well, there were some good points. Us heels are always right. Well, <laughs> that's a high key debate there. Okay. But. I think that will conclude our Wednesday Night Wars episode of the Doink and Doink Connection. Yes. Um, This has been a Double Doink production.
And I think we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.